This program is produced by average people based on life experiences, not by licensed mental health professionals. The stories and perspectives expressed are intended to be informative, but are not intended as advice to substitute professional consultation. Personal discretion is advised. Remember, it's different for everyone, but you are not alone. Episode 2. Still don't know what the hell I'm doing. Let's go! Hello and welcome back to uh, It's Different for Everyone, a show about the stories of struggles with mental health problems. Today, it is still just me. This is episode two. My name is Joe. I am your host. And uh, I figure if I expect people to tell their stories, I should probably tell some of mine before that. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. I don't actually remember when I would have started experiencing mental health problems. It would have started with depression, I think, because depression is the bigger one for me than anxiety. But I do suffer from both. I think the big problem, the first sort of warning sign I want to say would have been when I was in 6th uh, grade, 5th grade, probably 6th grade. When my grades, which had up to that point been very good, started slipping down into B's and C's and then into D's. Pretty much until very recently, I sort of became the definition of... D's get degrees, C's get degrees. I feel like I cruised through my education from that point, mostly by the skin of my teeth, which is not a great way to talk about your education because that doesn't reflect well. And I know that nobody's going to look at your high school grades when they're trying to figure out if they're going to hire you or not, because your high school grades don't matter what matters is you get the grades that'll get you that diploma and i'm not saying like oh man dick around in high school don't try obviously try do the best you can because trust me you'll be a lot better off later on i think the first time i remember feeling different and like huh something is wrong probably would have been junior year of high school now Junior year of high school, the main thing with that is, at the time, I just thought, or looking back on it a lot, I just thought that uh, I was just being a dumb, angsty teenager. And I kind of still think that today, but I think this played a part in that. So, I'm not going to use anybody's name in this story. Nobody's real name is going to be used. When I was in my junior year of high school, I became infatuated and gained a giant crush on a girl. She was a cellist in the orchestra class that I was a member of. She was very pretty and had less than zero interest in me. I was not her type. And also, looking back on it, I was a dumb idiot. And I was also creepy as all hell. Super creepy. If somehow this girl is listening to this show... Boy, I apologize from the bottom of my heart for that, because wow, that was not okay. But I let this sort of crush stew, and the idea that like, 
oh, I have a crush on her, but I'll never, I'll never be with her. She'll never be with me. She doesn't like me. I'm not attractive. I'm not good enough. Uh, that sort of started to stew really, really hard in the back of my mind and then in the front of my mind. It wasn't that, like, I'm not good enough for her. She would never settle for someone like me. She just wasn't interested in me. Sometimes when you have a thing for someone, that person is not interested in you. And they have every right to do that. And there's nothing wrong with that. It sucks. It's a bummer for you. But, I mean, that's all it really is. It's just a bummer. Get over it. But as a teenager, I couldn't get over it. I just sort of got sad. All year. I moped the entire time. I was angsty. I was stupid. And then in senior year, that kind of got a little bit better because I started not caring and when i say not caring i mean i sort of stopped letting social anxiety get the best of me a little bit which brings us into another topic being social anxiety i did not talk a lot in high school i did not talk a lot in school at all i talked so little that people in high school and in middle school i'm sure thought i was a mute like physically could not talk I still remember very clearly uh, one day when we were waiting for a bus to go to a technical school that I was going to so I could learn how to uh, do a bunch of multimedia stuff because even now I'm currently working towards an associate's degree in game design and I wanted to learn. I've wanted to make games since I was a little kid and I wanted to learn that and this class gave me the ability to learn that and I remember listening in on a conversation that was taking place with like three other people that also went to this same technical facility right next to me and i remember i chimed in and i don't remember what i said but their response was sort of like drilled into my head forever which was you can talk because that was probably the first time i had said a single word to any of these people, and that had been over half the school year at that point. I did not talk. I still, to this day, have immense amounts of trouble talking to anybody I have not spent a significant amount of time with, or have not just gotten extremely comfortable with. I remember that when I went to work at a summer camp, which I did that for about five years, uh, one of the best jobs I've ever had, from the first, like, month People were actually kind of mean to me because they thought I was weird and creepy. I didn't talk. And then when I started warming up, people stopped hating me. They stopped being annoyed by me, which is, is a thing that you'd think that would teach me a lesson. Here's the thing. The root of all of my social anxiety comes from the fact that I think deep down in my heart and in my brain my stupid, stupid brain, that if I try to talk to somebody, if I try to initiate conversation, whether I know them, whether I don't know them, whether they are really good friends with me, it doesn't matter. If I initiate conversation with them, I am intruding. I am annoying them. I am making them uncomfortable. They don't want to talk to me. Why would they want to talk to me? And if they want to talk to me, They'll talk to me themselves. I shouldn't initiate that conversation. And obviously, even saying that now, that's horseshit. That's not true. 
forgive my language, I tr I'm trying not to curse as much as I can on this show, but it's just simply not true. People do want to talk to me, and if you have this same problem, people want to talk to you. I There's really no other way to put it. Unless you're being a jerk, people want to talk to you. And I'm constantly worrying that what if I'm talking to them too much and they're just listening to me to be nice. And that's the thought that goes through my head all the time. That thought is the killer that just hurts me constantly. What if they're just being nice? And uh, I have not really found a concrete way of getting past that yet in my life. The main thing that I do is you just have to convince yourself, well, then I'll learn that. They'll say it. You have to tell yourself that if they are annoyed or you are talking to them too much or they don't want to talk to you, they'll tell you that they don't want to talk to you. And there are other subjects that tie into this that I'll talk about on future episodes later where, okay, maybe that's not the case all the time. But for the most part, I can tell you from experience, if they want to not be talking to you, they will tell you that they don't want to be talking to you. So that's that's the social anxiety part. That played a huge part into that junior year of high school. And then in senior year, I just sort of opened up and I don't know exactly what caused that. And it was only with certain people that that happened, too. See, in that same orchestra class during senior year, we took a trip to San Francisco. And uh, during that trip, we went to Chinatown. And by the way, unrelated note, Chinatown in San Francisco, super awesome place. And if you've never been there, if you're in San Francisco, absolutely worth your time. But I remember we, we went into a place for dinner and uh, they were, they, we had three big, giant, round tables to seat the whole class. And at my table, a bunch of people sat down, and I don't know what came over me, but I just shouted, Now I know you're all wondering why I've brought you here today. We need a plan to boil the world's oceans. And that just got a conversation going, and that got people, like, playing around with that sort of role play is really the only word I can think of. It's not the word I'd like to use, but that's basically what it was. We just had like a supervillain meeting. And then after that, like the dam was broken. And I remember my sister saying that her best friend at the time, who was also an orchestra, was sitting at a different table and texted my sister saying, your brother is acting social. This is weird. I've never seen him act like this before. And that was also sort of an eye-opening moment for me, though unfortunately not eye-opening enough to, you know, get over that specific moment, that specific problem, that specific anxiety. But, I mean, it's still a moment that is going to stick in my mind for pretty much the rest of my life, I would assume. And uh, that was, those are the two biggest manifestations I've ever seen of my personal uh dealings with depression and anxiety, I can probably talk about the origins of those another day. There's not really a lot to sort of go over in that regard, but that is that is another episode. And that does actually tie into one of my biggest uh, hang-ups with, with having started this show. So my original goal was to record the pilot episode where I'm saying what this, this show is all about. And then episode one, which was this episode, or I guess this is episode two, I don't really know. I was going to record those back to back, and then I didn't, because I still 
had and still have a lot of hang-ups about starting this show. The main one being that I don't know if I'm going to be able to approach people to try and get them to come tell their stories. That's the part that worries me the most. More than anything else, I don't know if I'm going to be able to approach people. And that social anxiety and depression both play a significant part in that social anxiety being that I'm afraid to reach out to people because I'm afraid I'm going to be annoying them and depression because depression sort of lies and, and tells you this is not worth it. This is, you know, it's doomed to fail. Nothing's going to come of this. Nobody's going to listen. Nobody's going to be helped. You're wasting your time. Why don't you just shut up and sit down? Those are hard obstacles to get over, especially when you love doing something like this. And that's the other way that my uh, depression really, really manifests is that I have no motivation to do anything half the time. Doesn't matter what it is. There's just nothing there. And the first time that this specific part just sort of really, really manifested was when I first started college. I failed my first three semesters of college harder than you could possibly believe. When I say that, I mean I took five classes and I failed four of them. It was bad. It was really, really bad. And I didn't know how to sort of fix that. And obviously I've sort of found a solution and I'm not entirely sure what it is, but I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth because the past four semesters that I have gone back to college, uh, I have, I've walked out with the best grades I have made since fourth grade. It's incredible. It's all A's and B's. I've never had that before. Last semester that I was in school, I was closer to getting straight A's than I've ever been in my entire life. That's just not a thing I've ever had. I've made the Dean's List the past four semesters. That's insane to me. And again, I don't know what changed, but overall, that that lack of motivation still sometimes rears its stupid, ugly head. And the main way that it rears its stupid, ugly head is... I'm unable to make myself work on personal projects. Like I've said, I want to I want to make video games. That's what I want to do for a living. And I have multiple games in my head that I want to make. But the instant you sit down to work on any of them, it's just like, Haha, I don't even know where to start. It's all overwhelming. And you just shut down and you just don't do anything. And that was one of the problems that came with this podcast in particular. And the other podcasts I'm planning on starting alongside this is that I don't know how to make myself work on it. I don't know how to make myself do the thing. And that's the hardest part. The hardest part is sitting down and making yourself do the thing. And that's one of the things that I desperately personally have to work on is I have to make it so that I don't need outside motivation like a deadline in school or something like that in order to work on things that will ultimately make me happy or to play games with my friends without getting completely exhausted or a million things i i don't know how to fix that and i'm desperately searching for a solution and trust me the instant i find a solution for myself i'm gonna bring that up and i'm gonna tell you but there's only so much 
me sitting here rambling is going to do. Next episode, I will hopefully have a guest. Can't say who yet, but uh, my plan is to have a guest for episode three so they can tell their story so it's not just me sitting here blabbing into a mic by myself for almost 20 minutes. Uh, Who knows? Maybe that won't happen. Maybe I just won't talk to anybody. But believe you me, I'm going to try my hardest to get myself to approach someone and I will try to have a guest next episode. So with that, I hope you all uh, enjoyed. I will see you all next time. Please remember, it's different for everyone and you're not alone. Thank you for joining us for this episode of It's Different for Everyone. Keep in touch and let us know your thoughts. Follow at IDFEPod on Twitter or send us an email at IDFEPod at gmail.com. We would like to acknowledge Jack DeQuid as the artist for both our intro song, Castles in the Sky, and our outro song, Time for You to Go to Bed. We would also like to thank Fangs V for providing this week's narration. If you were moved by this podcast and would like to show your support or find additional resources, we would appreciate if you looked into the charity known as Take This. Take This is a nonprofit close to our hearts, which seeks to investigate and spread awareness about mental health issues and treatment options, especially within gaming communities. They are best known for providing safe break spaces known as AFK rooms during conventions across the country. For more information or to contribute a donation, go to takethis.org. If you or someone you know is in a crisis situation, there is help available. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is free, confidential, and manned by trained workers who want to help you. You can reach them 24-7 at 1-800-273-8255. You can also visit their website at suicidepreventionlifeline.org for specific resources on a variety of circumstances. Thank you again for being with us today. Remember, help is out there. You are not alone, and it is different for everybody.